Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Howdy, y'all. My name's Dr. Nick Smolovsky, and dittos on being a geoholic. We appreciate you tuning in for this Eye in the Sky edition of Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We Bad Elves live our lives one spatial second at a time, and we know you, geoholics, do too. Today I want to highlight how remote sensing is being utilized for monitoring construction in Kanpur, India. As reported by Geospatial World, the Kanpur Development Authority, or KDA, decided it will utilize satellite remote sensing applications to find illegal construction sites and verify construction properties. The KDA will leverage the Indian Cartosat satellite of the Ministry of Science and Technology to do the Earth observations. One of the main reasons the KDA decided to use remote sensing technologies was to determine if the sale of land was legitimate and if construction sites were approved to be operating on said jurisdictional land. These types of stories, while exceedingly awesome, also remind me that we are always being monitored and watched, whether from eyes in the sky or ears on your mobile device. It simply does not pay to break the rules or laws anymore with innovative technology like this. Simply, you will be caught. All right, that does it for this week's Bad Elves, Seconds of Spatial News. We hope you enjoyed this designated news of the week. If you have any questions about this story or about Bad Elf GNSS products, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. Adios, Geoholics. Till next time. Good morning, Geoholics. We are coming to you live this morning from the Diamondback Lancer Bank Studio in the heart of beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. It's 6 a.m. our time, but you know what? It's worth it. You're shot out of a cannon this morning. You know what? I I went to bed early last night. I got up uh, at a decent time. I am turning into a morning person, to be honest Uh with you. Uh-oh. That's I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Our uh, esteemed guest for this episode resides in Sweden, so we had to make the necessary arrangements on our end to make it work for everybody, which we are more than happy to do because, uh, well, BS was supposed to bring coffee I to help blew, the situation, I blew it. but I uh, blew it. he somehow forgot, he said. I blew it. But he, at least he remembered his son. We have Huddy <laughs> in studio this morning. Huddy, say hello. Okay. Maybe he's not. His, he's got his nose in a book, <laughs> yeah. as usual. Here we are recording episode 96. Uh, Shoots, I have no idea what you came up with nothing? for 96. Anything from Jake? Uh, no, I can't think of anything. It is Mr. Cortez Kennedy. Oh, jeez. 1993rd Cowboys. selection overall. Right. No, the Seahawks. Seahawks. That's right. That's right. Uh, defensive player of the year in 92, three-time first-team All-Pro, 1990s All-Decade team. His number 96 was retired by the Seahawks, actually. And nice. in 2011, he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. So, Good not one. bad credentials. Yep, yep. We're, uh, we're getting close, boys. Four more. I know. It's the century mark, if you can believe that. Uh, PJ, tell us about that opening number. That was Social Distortion's Bad Luck. Um, Social Distortion is an American punk rock band formed in 1978 in Fullerton, <laughs> California. Uh, to date, Social Distortion has released seven full-length studio albums, two compilations, one live album, and two DVDs. What are those? 
Social Distortion <laughs> rose to fame with their 1990 self-titled third album, which produced their well-known hit singles Ball and Chain, Story of My Life, and the cover of Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire, and was certified gold. They are considered one of the best-selling punk rock bands with more than 3 million albums sold worldwide. PJ, you got that uh, morning raspy voice. I know. As well. I got to get rid of that. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was such. I mean, I, I sound pretty good right now, but I was in such a fog driving here this morning. I was too. That I passed the studio. You drove right by. I drove right by it because it's on the, my way to work now. Mm. So I'm driving down the 143, completely failed to get off on Washington Street, had to go down to university, U turn, come back on the highway. <laughs> Hi, yeah, yeah. So I may sound good, but it's truthfully, a little, it's a little foggy. I'm a little foggy. Um, with that, our weekly featured front of the program shoots. Who do you got this week? This week, we're talking about Cobb Finley. Cobb Finley was formed in Texas in 1980 to provide <laughs> professional engineering and land surveying services and private sector clients. From the beginning, the firm's project management approach has emphasized effective communication with a commitment to quality, integrity, and engineering excellence from a single as-builts to multi-million dollar highway improvements. Cobb Finley has the experts for any project. Cobb Finley offers a regional presence with 12 offices throughout Texas and additional locations in New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Washington, and Florida. Cobb Finley's mission is to collaborate with employees and clients to provide engineering solutions that further our commitment to growth in the community. At Cobb Fenley, they collaborate, they commit, they build communities. Find out more at www.cobbfenley.com. You know what? I'm sorry, Shoots. I, uh, that was a long one. That's all good. That was a long one. I, I actually, on mine, I took out a bunch of stuff, but apparently <laughs> I did that after I sent after it. After you sent so, it? No, no, no. Yeah, they, yeah. Hey, they get some good pub on us. Yeah, absolutely. Good good folks over there at Cobb Fenley. I know they're hiring just like everybody else, so absolutely. make sure you go to the website and check it out. They're hiring everywhere. Absolutely. So here we are, the Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. So I, uh, I've been listening to a book, if you can believe that, called Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lincioni. And... Before I get into this quote, did you guys know? I mean, you can buy the audiobook, which I, I love the audiobooks. But in high school, I was a huge um, Cliff Notes guy, right? I, I don't think I read an entire book in, in, in <laughs> high school, and, and any school for that matter. So they have like Cliff Notes for audiobooks, hmm. meaning they take like a three or four hour audiobook and condense it into like 15, 20 minutes. Hmm. Is that what you're reading? Yes. <laughs> yes. I just, I've listened to like the, the Cliff Notes version of this book like five times and it's awesome. So here's the quote. If you get all the people in an organization rowing in the same direction, you could dominate any industry in any market against any competition at any time. Real quick, here are the five dysfunctions of a team, common dysfunctions of a team. And if you have one of these, you probably have all four. Number one, absence of trust. Number two, fear of conflict. Number three, lack of commitment. Number four, avoidance of accountability. And number five, inattention to results. So if that has spawned some curiosity, mm -hmm. go and download the 20-minute Cliff Note version of Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. But you said you listened to it like five times. Why don't you just listen to the full book? 
I listen to it five times because I keep getting interrupted. Oh, okay. And I have to go back. And I go back again. And I go back again. So it's taking me like probably, probably taking me four hours to listen to 20 minutes. Yeah. So I might as well listen to the whole book. (laughs) All right. Let's catch up with the boys. PJ, you, my friend, I know have had an amazing past weekend. I have, yeah. Tell us just a couple highlights. Sure, yeah. If you uh, remember from last week's episode, I went uh, out in the Pacific. So we went and um, this past weekend we circumnavigated Catalina Island, which was awesome. It's about 100 miles. So um, it was a really cool trip. Got to see a lot. Interesting to be out there. I thought it was going to be, I, w- I was a little nervous being out just in the open, open, but it wasn't bad. I mean, we had everything under control. The weather was perfect. We couldn't ask for a better weather window. We got to stop in some cool places in Catalina, go out in the ocean, see a lot of tons of cargo ships out there. I'm not sure because probably the supply chain or something is mm-hmm. finally coming back. So yeah. they're all anchored out there in Long Beach. So it was cool to roll up next to them and sail up close and see what's going on and talk to him on the radio and stuff. But That's cool. it was an awesome time. Crystal clear water jumped in a few times, real nice and chilly, but yeah, it was a cool, good uh, bucket, bucket list item to cross off. And we're, we already talked about heading back soon. So we'll be <laughs> nice. back. Let me ask you the one question I know everybody wants to know. Sure. How many times did you pee off the side of the boat? Oh no, there's, t- that's a full, it's a full boat. We've got bathrooms on there. I know, but you still should have done it. Just no. to say you did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, from my, uh, three miles, as long as you're three miles offshore, anything goes. So in the pictures, from what I saw in the pictures, which were amazing by the way, and the video, like of the dolphins. And oh, stuff, so sweet. Freaking incredible. Yeah. Um, you guys, I mean, you know how there's like camping and there's glamping. Yeah. Well, there's sailing and there's glailing. You guys were glailing. Those yeah. boats were freaking amazing. <laughs> the boats were awesome. We were super fortunate to be on two really cool boats. Um, when we were there, we, we kind of split time on those. But yeah, we were we were glailing for sure. Absolutely. But anyway, shoots. How about you? I did not have that much fun over the weekend. It's uh, hard to. I actually went golfing again, as usual, and I played with Hudson. We played the Bear Creek Cub Course. It's a little executive nine holes, and I shot one over, so it was my birthday present to myself. It went really well? Yeah, no, I was one over. Hudson, come over here just one second. I got one question for you. Come here, come here, come here. Did your dad cheat? No. Are you you sure? I'm sure. Did he move his ball with his foot ever? No. <laughs> all right, all right. No. Wrong answer, Hudson. Wrong answer. <laughs> we brought the we brought the lovely Carrie with us, so it was uh it's a legit it was, score. It was so. a family affair. Yeah, no, nice. she she came out, she rode in the cart, uh, had a good time. Awesome. Can't complain. You know, I hit the big three six, so three six. That's happy right. birthday. I forgot to mention Thank happy you. birthday. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're I good. sent you're you a text good. though. You did. I sent you a text. I did get plenty of text messages, so everybody that sent me that stuff, thank you. Thirty six. Appreciate it. Yep. No longer in the young members forum. Your dad is your dad getting old, Hudson? Yes, he's pretty Yeah. What about you, yeah, or PJ? PJ. Or PJ DD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading the notes and it's just not. It's good early. This it's early. It's early. It's early. All right. So, um, what do I got? Uh, what did I read recently? I saw that uh, Jake's hero Elon does it again. He's got a uh, a robot coming out. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. The Tesla bot. Oh, I'll have to do some research on this. And, and I, I think I've seen it referred to as Optimus as well, Ooh, which is a cool, cool yeah. name, you know, Optimus Prime, of Definitely. course. <laughs> um, but you got to check it out. I mean, he, he's developing these robots to basically do mundane tasks, and but even to the point where it could, it could drive, it could drive a car. Go to the grocery store for you. I could drive the car, go and put gas in, or 
charge, whatever. The it's, Teslas drive themselves already. Yeah, exactly. So he'll have this robot that jumps in a Tesla that's already self-driving, take the robot to wherever. Pump some gas. Liquor store would be nice. Go to the liquor store, get some <laughs> beer, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, but so yeah, cr- just crazy stuff going on. And the other thing I can say, I, I got a big weekend myself coming up. Uh, my good buddy, uh, Half Cam. Mm-hmm. You know um, Afghan. Yep. He's coming in town on Sunday. I'm going to meet him up in Pine. <coughs> Excuse me. Spend a couple days up there with him and, uh, and his kids. Should be a really good time. I'm sure there'll be some stories to come out of that. So stay tuned. Safety apparel, safety share, and other things to avoid. Shoots, what you got, buddy? Well, in honor of Jake's lovely adventure, we're going to talk about life jackets. Oh, yeah. What? I can tell uh, you about those. Make sure you have them for small children and weak swimmers. So you didn't have one on in any of those pictures that I saw, Jake. Sure I did. Well, you had the thing around your neck. Yeah, it was like a, it's like a, it's got a sensor in it, so when it hits the water, it blows up. Oh, okay. sensor, a CO two cartridge. <laughs> That's that glailing you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> Gotta stay safe for everyone when in oceans or open water, as well as boating, water skiing, or other water based sports, especially around cold water or ice. For some reason, you know, you're gonna freeze out there in that ocean. No. And biggest thing is make sure they're Coast Guard approved and up to date. So. Yeah. Keep it short and simple. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I was going to ask you something else. Oh, I'm circling back. I'm going backwards. I apologize, sure. PJ. But how did the bad elf work? Oh, my gosh. Actually, that's that's something I should have talked about. Yeah, so we had our bad, bad elf pro yeah. uh, zip-tied uh, to, the, to the canopy of the cockpit, nice. coming down to our iPad, which is running this program, um, our charting program called Navionics. And all of our charting for the passage was done via our bad elf. So nice. big shout out to Nick. Uh, I know That's you're awesome. listening. Um, it's awesome. We got some pictures of it. I've, I've taken some pic- um, screenshots of what our chart was. So maybe we can send those over and do something, post those somewhere. But yeah, it was dialed in. We were nice. getting all of our speed, all of our course, all that information coming right from the bad elf. So big shout out to Nick and the team. Good awesome. stuff. Good product. He will love to get that information. So <laughs> make sure make sure you send it to him. That's real world uh, advertisement. Real right world there. data collection there for sure. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's get on with this. Our guest this morning uh, is Dr. Martin Person. And uh, Martin was born in southwestern Sweden in a town called Trollhattan. Hopefully I got that right. Uh, then relocated to Gothenburg, Sweden's second largest city where he lives now, currently about 30 minutes outside of. He attended University of Gothenburg uh, in the Department of Earth Sciences, earning his undergrad degree in environmental geology, and then a PhD dealing with quick clays, GIS, and landslides. In his free time, this is pretty cool, Martin is turning his house into a sort of an urban farm where he keeps roughly 150 to 200 tilapia fish for eating. And he's building a chicken coop. And he grows fresh vegetables of the such. Sounds a little bit like a uh, bit of a minimalist here. We'll talk to him about that. Describes his current job at Nor Consult as a sort of cocktail, like that word, (laughs) composed of mainly geophysics and hydrogeology, but also rock and geotechnical engineering. Man, this is making me sound smart. One of Martin's career highlights is being involved in a project where a new peninsula will be put into the river in urban Gothenburg. It also includes construction of 100-meter-tall buildings and 120 meters of soft clay. So we got some really cool stuff to talk about here. Martin, first and foremost, welcome to the Geoholics, and thank you for taking the time to be here. Thanks, Kent. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us about your uh, your urban farm. How did you get started on that? Well, I've always liked uh, to keep fish, and then it sort of expanded because I needed 
another project. <laughs> and there we go. So the the garage is full of tanks and stuff. So the car won't fit anymore. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's for a good purpose, though. Absolutely. For sure. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's our here's our icebreaker. I know uh, in your bio you mentioned you like to go to the pub with a bunch of geologists and drink beers and stuff like that. So um, mm-hmm. here's here's our icebreaker question for you. If you had to drink one thing for the rest of your life besides water and milk, what would it be? Beer. Beer. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. PJ, what's, what's it for you, bud? Um, probably beer. Oh my goodness! Wow. Hey, shoot, you're on the spot, man. I, Don't say beer. No, I'm not gonna say beer. <laughs> I chugged one on the way here this morning. Arnold Palmer. That okay. Stuff is so- yeah. Oh. What? Maybe I should change mine. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it would definitely be beer for me. So we got a bunch of beer drinkers here, which is great. All right, so let's get this out of the way. COVID nineteen starting to rear its ugly head again. Obviously, it's caused. Uh, chaos in all of our lives for the last year and a half how have you uh, been dealing with it there in uh, in sweden well we haven't had as many restrictions as uh, the rest of the world maybe so it's it's quite open but uh, like football games and uh, bars and such has been uh, severely restricted of course uh, and people ha- have been working from home at least people like um, doing technical consultant stuff like myself. So, but it's um, traffic is picking up. So I guess people are returning to work. Hmm. It's hard to keep geologists out of the office. So I'm at the office now. So um, we kind of like each other. So we stay <laughs> at the office uh, till they drag us out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, most people have had... Um, the vaccination shots and uh, restrictions are uh, being released more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Trending in a not so bad direction there. That's good news. So one thing I failed to mention is Martin is also known as the Swedish dirt guy. So let's get into (laughs) a little bit of what he does. So there is some disciplines called, and some of the stuff I'm not familiar with geophysics, hydrogeology, and geology all kind of come together and create geotechnical engineering. So let's talk about each of these very briefly to give the listeners an understanding. So what exactly does a geophysicist do? Well, we try to measure stuff to find out uh, what the subsurface looks like. Like, uh, yeah, what you have, uh, what kind of sediments or soils or rocks you have often uh, preceding construction to yeah, plan for everything. So you guys are you guys are part of the project right from the very beginning, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Even, often long before. Yeah. Mm. Even maybe even before the surveyors. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. Quite yeah. Possibly. So, sometimes they are before us, and that's good because then they can mark the surveyor land surveyors can mark the the new railroad or the new road before it's even there and makes life easier for us there you go plug for the surveyors exactly How, okay, let's <laughs> talk about a hydrogeology this one i am not familiar with what what exactly does that entail it's called hydrogeologist in swedish but maybe groundwater dude would be the american term i don't know but yeah. it, it deals with groundwater 
and groundwater is always there's always uh, either too little or too much so with yeah mm. as a hydrogeologist you tend to either look for drinking water or water for making beer uh, <laughs> also uh, like preventing floods of in construction pits and stuff like that <laughs> that's I, great I like the american term geo uh, groundwater dude groundwater dude <laughs> i think i know a couple of those guys yeah. um and then what about a geologist uh, that's uh that's a difference between sweden and the u.s maybe but here rocks are very hard and and the clays are very very soft so we tend to divide things into geology which could also involve soils and sediments but um, yeah here a geologist uh, works mainly with rocks gotcha and then how did like how did you get into this like how did this become a passion of yours well it was a coincidence i guess from the beginning but then uh, as i grew into <laughs> this role maybe uh, well there's tons of stuff to like you can be outside and indoors and uh uh, set your own um, schedule for the week and also you help people so that's a nice feeling towards the end of the day maybe that you're part of something larger than only yourself uh, so people is important even if it, we work all day with dead things like rocks and uh, yeah stuff like that and it's my understanding you do a little bit of this in your free time as well almost like uh, a little bit of archaeology Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all these tools that we use for the geophysics, when we try to x-ray the ground, it could also be used for for looking at uh, geology, uh, sorry, archaeology and yeah, stuff in the ground. So sometimes we help, <laughs> help the archaeologists when we feel like it. Yep, that's cool. So, what tell, talk about like a typical uh, typical day in the life of a, a geotechnical engineer? What does that look like? Well, most of the days are spent at the office, and maybe maybe one day a week. Uh, personally, I'm out, and then I can choose when the conditions are good with the with sun and yeah, no, not much rain and stuff. Um, yeah, and then we work on projects, and often we're involved in projects where uh, land surveyors, yeah, sewage people, could be anyone, uh, work yeah. together. It's funny how we kind of lumped land surveyors and sewage people. In the <laughs> <laughs> Convenient. Uh, <laughs> does that of happen often? <laughs> it depends on if you're asking an engineer. That yeah. they, they definitely believe that. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so circling back to what Kent was mentioning at the beginning um, about the peninsula and, and buildings, and just describe mm -hmm. some unique projects that you've been a part of. Well, that peninsula project is quite unique and it's also being built in a part of town that has been filled out during the last like 200 years. So there's lots of uh, stuff in the ground that people put there before. And so uh, that's one project and it's sort of big and involves a lot of people. And so I'm off that project now since I left uh, for another company in a uh, a year ago 
but yeah, now we work a bit on uh, high-speed rail, uh, high-speed rail stretch that they will build from Stockholm, almost Stockholm to like uh, what's that in miles? Uh, at least it's um, it's quite long, going southwards towards the southern parts of Sweden. So that, that's a project that will extend uh, till after I'm retired, I think. Wow. That's an uh, awesome project to be a part of, for sure. Oh, and that's something that's going to stand for maybe 120 years or so. Let's hope anyways, yeah, right? Absolutely. No, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they, one of those they, uh, career-defining projects that everybody you know hopes they can be a part of at some point. Hang your hat on that. <laughs> At, or you can hide and try and avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so um, you've, you've mentioned uh, soft clay a couple times. I don't think we have a whole lot of that here in Arizona. Um, no. So, I'm, I mean, that sounds like it has to create a lot of challenges for, for building anything structural. Talk about that just a little bit, because I think that's a little unique to most of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me first say that uh, in North America, there's... Um, Quite a lot of soft clays up in the in eastern Canada, uh, along the um, Ottawa and Quebec regions. But yeah, it's a problem because buildings tend to either you have to put them on piles, and piles will then have to extend sometimes like eighty meters, wow. which is a, of course a cost. Uh, or you could put them on a slab of concrete, and then they will sink in the clay, which is not good, of course. So, um, yeah, I guess as you come from a more surveying direction, maybe that would mean also that you have to do follow-up land surveying to Mm -hmm. make sure that bridges or buildings, railways are in place. And yeah, because things move sideways also, if you pile in one area, maybe move a bridge uh, like uh, a feet, a foot almost. Mm, and yeah, it has That's to make it has to make building roads really challenging because you're not going to. At least I'm assuming, anyways, you're not going to drive a bunch of piles to build a road. So how how do you work around that from a road construction perspective? Uh, I guess you put more asphalt on, you know, more pave it. <laughs> yeah. Every when it's needed, it's not that rapid. This subsidence, it's uh, it takes a while. Um, but yeah, that's the problem. It's mainly in the river valleys that mm. was previously, yeah, the bottom of the sea, and uh, it's a marine clay that we have. So yeah. it's not all, always there. How about the peninsula project? I mean, talk a little, walk us through that one just a little bit. I mean, how? How are you building a peninsula, and what are you building it out of? Um, it's, that peninsula is, uh, if you start uh, down below, it's going to be piles to bedrock. Wow! So the whole, so the, the um, and then it's crushed rocks to create a peninsula itself, and um, then you put the buildings on top of that. Uh, but as I mentioned, maybe the geology and uh, your technical problems, it's it's demanding, but it's also in the middle of town, so you have to rewrote uh, yeah, traffic and mm. uh, yeah, be, be careful. 
because there's old bridges nearby so you don't want to move them too far because it's gonna crack and yeah man so it's a big project in the meetings they just it's probably 20 25 geotechnical engineers in one room and that's not too common in other projects where you might have mm. one or two uh, it's they've started building yeah and like, uh, so it's an ongoing construction project now not planning anymore oh sure so and, and there's so many like you mentioned the effects a project like this could have on the surrounding structures and it makes me think about the condo collapse in florida mm-hmm. they were in the beginning saying mm-hmm. that there was a condo building new condo building built right next door and that maybe the construction of that building had something to do with the condo building that collapsed and collapsed. Shaking so. like the base of the building. Yeah. Or? Yeah. So there's so many things to take into consideration. Yeah. And that news traveled all the way to here. Mm-hmm. So, oh. so um, I don't know. No one knows, I guess, but often, often uh, there's some natural disturbance like um, like uh, if you have a lot of rainfall, but then uh, other types of disturbances like uh, people compacting the ground or um, mm. yeah, use explosives nearby or something like that. So everything combined will sooner or later create problems, I guess. Yeah. So you must work very closely with uh, structural engineers then, correct? I wish, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah. um, <laughs> not always. Yeah, but we keep in touch via drawings and such. Mm-hmm. So we have to know what they want to build, and then they build it. And when they build it, um, we do follow up monitoring of ground movement or groundwater, and uh, yeah. Just out of curiosity, do you do like uh, seismic monitoring as well? Not monitoring because we don't have much earthquakes here. So mm-hmm. usually that's not a problem, but um, seismic monitoring, if there's blasting going on, right, that could be done. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. And that's being done routinely. Gotcha. What are the, out of curiosity, what are the educational requirements to become a, I'm going to call it a geotechnical engineer, but do you, uh, do you have to become licensed? Do you have to have a four-year degree? How does that work in Sweden? Uh, there's no regulation stating uh, that you need a license or something. Uh, but most people have, yeah, five years university education. And it's sort of self-regulating because no one will hire you if you don't know what you're doing, I guess. Um, but it's been discussed, so I guess you have license needed at least, uh, when doing similar work in, in your country. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a licensing, licensing requirement in most mm-hmm. states anyways. Um, <clears throat> is there a shortage of people that know what they're doing? Yes, there's a big shortage, so uh, there's a big need of people in all these sub-disciplines that we mentioned earlier with yeah, different technical problems with the ground. So um, it's for young people, I think it's perhaps a bit trickier to get a job, but uh, yeah, if 
if you've been working for a couple of years, then it's um, all good. And I guess everyone that spends time on university towards uh, your technical degree or geology will get a job. Yeah, I mean, this is a, obviously a, a global issue when mm. it comes to finding um, skilled labor. Competent mm. labor. Yeah, competent, <laughs> skilled labor. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a global uh, issue, global concern for sure. Um, mm. What else? I know something you mentioned was that, you know, you, you like to make work fun. So talk about how, 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 how can that aspect of it be viewed as a, uh, a recruiting tool for some of these younger skilled uh, workers? Uh, well, uh, most people don't know who, who we are, even in Sweden, because we don't have any high school education in geology and you don't have to take geography either. So, um, hmm. so it's uh, that's the starting point. And then uh, we try and thread. Yeah, we most people here like their job at this company. So it's about taking pictures out in the field or film mm-hmm. from a drone or something, and then put it on LinkedIn, perhaps if we need people. And yeah, it's a it's a kind of small world or a small duck pond with the geologists, so where people tend to know each other, and yeah, recruiting is perhaps done via networks and contacts mainly. And uh, you probably do a lot of recruiting at the pub, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> solve all the geotechnical engineering problems at the pub. Well, you solve yep. the world's problems at the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to restrict yourself to only uh, the ground. So another term that you use is geoscience communication. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's also in line with that um that public schools like high schools and uh, yeah, it's not until you hit university that you can actually study geology. So it's a part of sort of, it's good to help people understand that we're doing what we're doing and why we do it. And yeah, Sweden is also a big mining country. So a lot of geologists Mm. go up north for iron ore or gold even. So yeah. I didn't realize there's a lot of mining happening in Sweden. That's interesting. That. Uh, it's paid for. <laughs> uh, it's one of the biggest industries. So wow. not many people work out there, but the money created is, uh, yeah. They sort of pull money off, out of the ground. So do you, are there like, for example, here in the States, there are professional organizations, you know, like the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Um mm. Do you have organizations like that in Sweden for your uh, the disciplines you're involved with? Yeah, there's a couple of different. There's a technical society. That's probably the biggest. Gotcha. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, they try and have like an annual Grammy Awards with uh, in the capital, and everyone goes there to meet with old friends and discuss drill rigs and important stuff like that. Interesting. Interesting. Mentioning drill rigs. So are, do you get involved with like, you know, offshore drilling efforts and things of that nature? 
Nah, sometimes we put our normal drill rigs on a platform just yeah. near shore, like for harbor extensions and stuff like that. But not we don't. Uh, Sweden does not have oil. Norway, the neighboring country, they extract oil from the North Sea. Oh. But yeah, gotcha. we gave up. We gave up Norway in 1905 for that. It was Swedish, and then huh. they discovered this oil <laughs> field. That freaking oil it changes Blew it. everything. Blew right? it up. Yeah. Once oil gets involved, it's like there's no there's no more rules at that point. No. Um, good stuff. So you mentioned also that um, you feel, and I'd love to get your perspective on this. You feel it's really important to, and I agree with you, not be afraid to try new things. Why? Why do you feel that that is important for uh, for people's development? Uh, well, it's after you finished something that you thought was hard, the, the relaxed feeling you get out of that it makes it worth it, I think. And it's also sort of a professionally, it's uh, important to try out new things and to get new perspectives from uh, yeah, your mm. neighboring uh, yeah, colleagues, perhaps, and uh, even from people working with uh, quite dissimilar things. Got it. So it, oh, so that's why I'm having beer with beers, beer, beers, with a couple of archaeologists uh, tomorrow. That's maybe not uh, outside of the comfort zone, but it's still, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and I, and I would, uh, I'm assuming you would agree with this. You know, when when you allow yourself to get outside your comfort zone and try new things, you know, not only do you get to experience things that mm-hmm. you know, maybe you wouldn't otherwise, but you get to meet people that you wouldn't have met and yeah. your um you know your, your your list of contacts and resources just continues to grow mm. and maybe also that the comfort zone if you, you don't go outside of that box maybe it shrinks a bit also i think so if you never dare to do anything then then yeah, yeah. that would sort of limit yourself I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. So let's stay on the philosophical side of things. And, you know, we're, we obviously live in a, a crazy world and it seems to be getting crazier every day. At least it is here in, in our country. I'm assuming that you guys experience your own uh, version of uh, craziness and it makes us very vulnerable as, as humans. I mean, talk about, talk about your, uh, your perspective on that a little bit. Yeah, and that's um, geologically, we've been seeing uh, quite a lot of uh, mass extinctions. Yeah, a couple of million years back, where uh, at one time, uh, like 90% of all organisms died out. So that's one perspective. If a meteorite uh, decides to hit uh, our planet, it's uh, sort of good night. But also, Oh, that could happen, but the risk of that is uh, slim, to say the least. And um, yeah, Corona and COVID nineteen—that's sort of also crazy. But I guess we adapt to that. And uh, yeah, well, climate change is uh, sort of the most annoying, crazy thing going on mm-hmm. right now. I think. Um, so what? Yeah, what are your there's... what are your thoughts on that on climate change? It could be sort of pragmatic. Yeah, it's 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 hard to stop, but yeah, 
Yeah. There's also some positive sides, at least living in Sweden. We could use a few degrees warmer <laughs> to, um, <laughs> but I guess Arizona is different in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we have to adopt to these new conditions, maybe using technical inventions and yeah. It's I think it's hard to stop the ongoing climate change. Maybe reduce the speed of of it all. But yeah. Gotcha. Maybe we should stay positive and try at least. That's all we can do. Yeah. It's all we can do. And uh and do our part and be good humans, right? Mm. It also makes up for interesting projects sometimes with the adapting uh, harbors or infrastructure sure. to this. So it gives us jobs. Yeah, for sure. I can see how that would, uh, how that would happen. Um, mm. Well, I had something else. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what, 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 what's next? I mean, that's always a thing, you know, I mean, what, what what's it going to be next, you know? Um, and, and some mm. things you, you just can't prepare for it. You know, you mentioned the meteor thing and that just goes to show you, you know, how vulnerable we really are, you know? Um, mm. So that was, that was a really good comparison. I mean, like you say, the chances of that happening are very, very slim, slim to none probably, but it could happen, right? Yeah. And when it's happened, it's a sort of catastrophic, of course. Yeah, like the one that struck outside of Mexico, killed off all the dinosaurs in uh, no time. Yeah, and also the dust being created—it's going to make uh, winter stay for a couple of years, probably. Yeah, so it would be hard to grow food. Mm. So in that way, uh, climate change is more more scary because it takes longer mm-hmm. to sort of reach the. You know. Yeah. Um, before we let you get out of here, I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about the company that you work for, Nord Consult. Um, of course, I went to the website and checked it out. You guys, uh, you guys do a lot of cool stuff. Talk a little bit about uh, about Nord Consult. Yeah, it's a technical consultant company, and we do everything dealing with infrastructure and urban development and uh, architecture and technical stuff. So it's the biggest. Um, one of two big Norwegian companies dealing with the same thing. So in mm-hmm. Sweden, we're quite small with maybe a thousand mm-hmm. employees. Gotcha. How, oh, you have uh, over a thousand employees, you said? Uh, it's soon to be a thousand. thousand. We're expanding, but now maybe 900. Gotcha. And it's located right on the river, so I'm sure it's an amazing office. So anybody listening who is interested in getting on, moving to Sweden, which might not be a bad option at this point, and uh, getting a job at Nor Consult with Martin, um, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you. Sure. And also, we don't need the, the license to care out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about oh. surveyors? Do surveyors need a license? No. Interesting. So oh, that's like right. I think we're, we're headed that direction, I think, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, I mean, that's probably where we're going to end up. Is that, that a, is that a national thing or is that state by state, you think? Here? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. It might probably start out state by state. Yeah. You think it'll end up nationally, though? I think maybe eventually. I mean, it's just hard to tell. I mean, it, it, it's being talked about more and more, which is a scary thing. Um, it's just a matter of how loud the surveyor's voice is going to be to prevent it from happening. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I guess it depends who gets an office, but, um, 
it's it's trending in that direction at a slow pace. But like Martin said, as, as long as you know what you're doing, you'll still be able to get a job. Yep. But unfortunately, yep. there will be people that will take advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Where are we at? Rich, you know, it's your favorite time of the Oh, episode. it's my favorite time of the day. Yeah. So, obviously, you're a well-educated man, a doctor. <laughs> so this doctor, this, doctor, yeah, doctor, doctor, doctor. So uh, we have high expectations on this. Uh, what motivates you every day, and do you have a mantra that you live by? Well, I have had to um, invent a mantra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with the motivation then. Uh, so it's um, yeah. Like I said before, we're being part of something that's going to stay put for like 100 years or more construction-wise. And uh, we, I feel that I make a difference in society by helping out when yeah, when climate is changing or when we have yeah, different uh, problems that needs to be solved. Mm, and uh, the mantra... Mm, I'll get back to that in another episode, I guess, but um, <laughs> it has to do with uh, something with fun in it, maybe, and uh, also the, uh, not being too comfortable in your own um, corner of the world. I thought uh, it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be something like, uh, "Let's go to the pub." Let's go to the pub. Yeah, <laughs> when in doubt, uh, go to the pub. I like the old uh, Neil Young. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the song, but you know the one with the better to burn out than to fade away. That's also oh, a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's that awesome. That is a good one. That is awesome. I love uh, that. And by the way, good choice with uh, Social Distortion. Yeah, thanks. The best band ever uh, by yeah. the record. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Have you ever seen them live, just out of curiosity? Well, they were. that's also a negative effect of the... COVID-19 yeah. that they were planning a Northern Europe tour. So mm -hmm. I almost got ticket for the Oslo concert and the Helsinki concert and the Stockholm concert. So, but I missed out on that. So maybe they will, I, I'll get another chance or I have to go to California to see a show. Yeah. Yeah. They're from Southern California. Whenever they come here, it's like they, they play like two or three nights in a row. Yeah, they do. Cause I mean, I, Phoenix is almost like an adopted second home for them. I'm sure just cause it's so close, you know, but yeah, they, mm. but again, like you said, before COVID, I almost said COVID, COVID. before COVID, <laughs> um, they, yeah, they used to come to, to Phoenix pretty regularly. So, uh, maybe you'll have to come to Phoenix and we'll have to go see social distortion. Yeah, we can do it together. That'd be awesome. Sure. All right. Is there anything else? I mean, we touched on, uh, quite a bit of stuff here pretty much everything we wanted to get to is there anything else you want to you want to mention or get out there uh, not much but yeah try and stay brave and have fun and be creative and yeah that will work i guess I like it that, that's that's a good mantra right there great great words of advice try and stay right brave there. stay brave and <laughs> stay brave and have uh, fun what could possibly go wrong is a good mantra also <laughs> <laughs> that goes right along with uh, hold my beer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Martin. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, we, we'd love to have you come back another time if you're uh, open to the idea. Sure.
We'll definitely keep in touch. All right, guys. Uh, time to wrap this one up. What an awesome show. Talk about value-adding friend-making. I think we may uh, go to Sweden sometime. So you complain. never know. We're going to do this world tour. We are, yeah. As soon as all this BS is put behind us, geez. Yeah, we're, we're going to need a tour manager, as a matter of exactly. fact. So if anybody's listening, we are open for uh, send us your resume to be the Geoholics tour manager. <laughs> and while you're at it, sign up for our weekly newsletter at thegeoholics.com. Follow and like us on all our social media outlets by simply searching for the Geoholics. And of course, go to landsurveyorsunited.com and download the Geoholics app. Send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. If you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show, just like martin this week we'd love to hear from you as mentioned previously please support our awesome friends of the program like cobb fenley every chance you get be sure to mention you're a geoholic for an invite into the cobb fenley vip suite <laughs> pay it forward add value make friends social distortion taking us out with bad luck available everywhere until next time everybody be safe and healthy and brave Bad luck. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, Get Kids Into Survey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com, Mentoring Mondays, MentoringMondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, MonsonEngineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.